Welcome to Authorized, a podcast where we usually discuss the novelization of any film fortunate enough to have one. Sometimes, however, we are so taken with a character from one of the best novelizations we've ever covered that we grant ourselves a bonus episode to follow that man to his very own self-titled Disney Plus show. This is the part of every authorized episode where I would usually outline my opinion about the thing we're covering and state it like it is fact, but I don't know if I can this time. I have like four opinions on this show, and they're all pretty scathing. You'll be hearing them uh, extremely imminently, but here's a short and sweet one just to kick us off. Spin-off TV shows are lifeless retreads that wink at a large, yawning maw of lore, but don't engage with it at all. Instead, deciding to profusely apologize for a prequel trilogy that has already had a positive cultural reevaluation. Spin-off TV shows are cowardice on celluloid. Now, first off, I wrote cellulite in the in the intro, and uh, Hannah was crouching in the Google Doc, and as I was writing this last minute before the episode, and objected to it. I I think. Hannah, on the grounds that you just don't agree with my opinion about the show, right? I don't think it's that bad. And I thought, because I, I, it was just one of those things where I, I kind of knew I had used the wrong word, but I wanted to not believe it. I thought she was being like, why are you fat shaming Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yeah, why would you do that? <laughs> um, I just thought that film was made of uh, cellulite. Between the two of us, we looked it up, and it's celluloid, and we corrected it, and now Andrew is owning his mistakes, and that's growth. Do you, thank you, do you agree? I, I don't know if you have more of an understanding of science than me, but as a person <laughs> who doesn't get chemistry at all, mm-hmm. I buy hook, line, and sinker that any chemical is in anything. To an extent. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I'm not a chemist. If somebody was like, and this one might be true, but if someone was like, well, sure, there's potassium in bananas, but there's also a really significant amount in your fingernails, it'd be like, of course. I think I would question that a little bit, that specific example. Marco, what do you think? About potassium? Yeah, in your fingernails. Is that why I'm here today? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> well, Yeah, your fingernails you know... look horrifying. We're trying to figure out what's going on there. <laughs> Too much potassium. <laughs> I'm like a regular Freddy Krueger over here. Do you want my thoughts on potassium or this television <laughs> program? So it, my my point is more like I thought I knew that cellulite had to do with human fat, uh, and I I just thought that didn't preclude it from also being what film was printed on. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure, it's different. It's it both. turns out it's different. Celluloid. Yeah. All right. Celluloid. Let's do this. We are your hosts, a loose coalition of novelization enthusiasts. My name is Andrew Overby. My name is Andrew Marco. And my name is Hannah Blackman. And the name of this show is Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it is, sorry guys, a 2022 science fiction television series, streaming television, depending on what you think that, if it's, is it television? Is it an eight hour movie? Okay, let's... I want to already <laughs> take an issue. We're, are we at the point now where we can just stop calling Star Wars science fiction? Because it's I never... Mean, it's never really been science. It's always space fantasy. It's just a fantasy, fantasy. TV show you that takes this. place in space. It's space yeah. fantasy. Space fantasy. 
I agree with you, but I think if you follow that logic to its logical end, you have to start disqualifying such a massive portion of science fiction. I, in my Just mind, it takes place in space doesn't mean it's science fiction. In I my agree. Book. I completely agree. But I think that like once we start being like uh, science fiction is only when scientific concepts as they exist in the real world are exaggerated or embellished, then we have to disqualify so many things we think of as science fiction. I think anything positing science in a fictional way is science fiction. That's why Star Trek is science fiction and Star Wars is not. Star Wars has no scientific conversations in it left or anywhere, period. A, a terrific point. I think that anything that postures as trying to be in the sci-fi milieu, like anything that's like spaceships, blah, 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 it, we, I, I just let it pretend. I declare that science fiction. That's my attitude. Okay, well, anyway... It is celluloid or celluite science fiction? (laughs) Great question. Good old Ben Kenobi notes the return of Ewan McGregor, our goodest boy, and it follows the bestest boy, Mr. Kenobi himself, who's living on Tatooine, being sad as a hermit, protecting Luke Skywalker from afar because Uncle Owen is like, get off my goddamn farm. Protecting's a A, strong word. He's just kind of watching. Yeah, he would be protecting, but Uncle Owen said, literally, leave my boy alone. You are not welcome here. A dynamic I appreciate and like. Um, Yeah, and honestly, like, I don't feel like I should have to do all of the background you've written into this paragraph, because if you don't know that Anakin Skywalker is now Darth Vader, you shouldn't be here. Right? Okay, we can have this discussion. <laughs> my approach to writing these plot synopses is like, just like if I had to get you from nothing to the plot of the thing we're talking about. <laughs> okay, but everybody knows Star Wars. Yeah, if they're on. listening to this episode that comes out long after the TV show premiered, <laughs> they 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 know Obi Wan Kenobi Disney Plus. Yeah, they better. Anyway, so the basic setup is that the Empire sets up a little trap to capture the rogue Jedi Obi Wan Kenobi using little Leia Organa. And he has to go back into the universe and become a person again and confront his emotional trauma in order to help her. That's nice. Obi-Wan Kenobi premiered on May 27th, 2022 on Disney+. Plus. It ran for six episodes and a second season is expected. Though what that would be, who can know? Who can know? More Maybe the show we all kind of hoped it would be in the first season. Maybe. (laughs) Um, There's no novelization of season one, which does seem rude because the... Each season of The Mandalorian has gotten one so far, which I didn't know until reading that exact sentence, and we should read one. We should maybe read one, but it, it feels like uh, crumb, like bad crumb fodder. Because it, <laughs> it, it, they are like, you know, uh, novelizations for children of an entire oh, season of television. It, it seems children. like it could be rough. And then I'd have to watch The Mandalorian. Oh, it's good. It has friends. What friends? Timothy Oliphant. Oh, just one. like people we like, not like And also characters. Mr. Mandalorian makes friends, which is, is that very his name, nice. Mr. Mandalorian? No, he has like a name, but I like to refer to him as Mr. Mandalorian because I'm respectful. And he doesn't just throw his name around. I think we're in a weird uh, era of television where <laughs> so many TV shows are like getting views off of the backs of 
cast members from like previous prestige dramas. I might cut this if it doesn't make any sense, but like the, the Mandalorian, I think is good. I haven't watched all of it, but it, it introduces a lot of new characters. It has new ideas, pretty much everything. I don't think Obi-Wan does the Mandalorian does, but um, the Mandalorian and like Westworld just keep being like, we got more people from breaking bad. Do you want to come back? Do you want to come back? Cause we got them. It's like I don't I don't know not really. <laughs> this is why so many movie stars are on TV right now. Like I think I agree with you, but like if if a TV show wants to get made, they're like, well, we gotta have Reese Witherspoon, otherwise this show about network drama or whatever just like isn't gonna no one's gonna watch it. And they're right. <laughs> What's the show right now if it exists? I'm willing to believe it exists. What's the show right now that's the equivalent of? the AMC moment where people are like, oh my God, John Hamm's amazing in Mad Men. Brian Cranston's amazing in Breaking Bad. Is there somebody right now that's in like the second or third season of a TV show where people are like, this is an unprecedented performance from someone we didn't know could bring it? Is it that succession guy that everyone loves? Which, if it's Brian Cox, I mean, Brian Cox- No, German, Jeremy Strong. Years. Oh. Yeah, maybe Jeremy Strong. Maybe. I don't watch I mean, I enough TV like, shows um, to know. Oh, Sarah Snook also is kind of like a girl who I didn't know her before Succession. And then I was like, damn, she's great. Uh, you didn't watch Predestination with Ethan Hawke? No, I, we talked about this. I have not seen that movie. I'm sorry. Okay. You once described that plot to me back when you were drinking. It's my favorite. <laughs> it, oh, I still do it in sobriety. That, that movie... <laughs> But there's an argument that it should not be watched. It's the, its best form is for me to tell you about the plot with spoilers at a bar. <laughs> uh, well, there are people. I mean, I also i I think that Quinta Brunson is about to have that kind of moment where she Ooh. came from from Abbott Elementary. She like mm-hmm. created and stars in that show which is a great show. And I feel like she's about to like catapult and they're like, we had no idea who she was and she's amazing. Doesn't everybody love uh, Barry? Okay. I-, I like Barry, yeah. I'm just looking like at things nominated for Emmys. I mean, I think Anthony Kerrigan off Barry is that kind of like, wow, guy who you didn't know before and mm-hmm. then he's on a TV show and he's great and he's good. What about those Euphoria kids? Any of them fun? Haven't Well, Zendaya, but like yeah, but I Zen- haven't watched. Zendaya was already around and is in Marvel. I don't watch teen dramas, so I haven't watched Euphoria. <laughs> so the reason that <laughs> Hannah Blackman was was actually protesting to my use of uh, cellulite in the Google Doc was not because she recognized that I was using the wrong word. Was It was just because she thought that it was mean that I put this show down so hard. So Hannah, you're the number one Obi-Wan defender. I mean, we all love him, but... He's my, he's my baby boy. Yeah, I think Hannah might actually be legally wed to Obi-Wan Kenobi. I wouldn't because he's not into that. Yeah, he definitely has a monk thing going on, especially in this show. Uh, yeah, Hannah, Hannah's uh, <laughs> speculating as to uh, his, his orientation. Um, <laughs> if we have any listeners that sort of tuned in recently, because season three just started, we have an amazing episode on uh, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith that originally came out like a year ago. We re-released it in the feed when Obi-Wan premiered thinking that we were going to do this episode on time. Uh, and then uh, I, uh, you know, a giant baby, was not in the mood to do the episode that day, and I pushed it. 
Uh, but on that episode, Hannah, mm-hmm. you you make your love for Obi-Wan very well known. You know, it's basically oh, a, a love letter to the man. Now that we have a six-episode TV series about him, let's start out with how do you feel about him? I love him. This is the thing, is that, like, Ewan is so good that, like, he kind of can't do any wrong. He understands the role. He knows what it needs. Like, I I agree. I think the plot is not serving him very well. I agree. This is not the best TV show I've ever seen. But he's good, and he's bringing it, and that's my baby boy, and I love watching him, like, hold hands with a child and be sad. Mm -hmm. So I love him. I will say he has not changed. He has been since the prequels, throughout the prequels, post prequels in this He's always someone who wanted to be there. And I think that shows that even when it's like a fine TV show, like he's excited to be there and he'll go do every bit of press for you because he loves Star Wars. He loves Obi-Wan. And you don't see that enough these days, I feel like. So that's Mm -hmm. nice. It is nice. He's invested and you can feel that from his performance. I will say, I think what I will say about the show is that as the number one lover of Ben Kenobi in the entire world or whatever, it speaks as a failing to the TV show that I just didn't care about it while I was watching it or since. Mm-hmm. I watched it. I was like, this is nice. It's not hurting me. It's okay. And then I felt nothing. Like I, there was a couple moments where I was like, ah, there it is. There's the feelings I wanted to feel. But I just like, I didn't care about it. And I watched it while I worked and I didn't feel the need to like really pay attention to it. And that's a failing of the show. Yeah. I totally grant that it is imperfect fine verging on what's the point i get it i agree but i like seeing my buddy and i liked spending six hours with him it didn't hurt me yeah i also had it on in the background while i worked and i've never been more grateful like i i think this should have been a movie i think it could have been an interesting Mm -hmm. two-hour disney plus movie i mean no put it in a fucking theater you have a movie star in it but all this to say i'm glad that I was on Disney Plus so that I could skip ahead when I got bored, which was a lot. It is too long. Like, I think that six hours is too long for the story they're telling. Two would have been fine. Make it a good two-hour movie. I'm not mad at the idea of, like, Obi-Wan has to, like, leave Tatooine and go do something. That's okay. I don't mind that he has a little adventure with little Leia, though I don't appreciate that Disney Plus loves to do a little rug pull. To be like, you thought this show was about Ben Kenobi, but it's not. It's about Leia. They did that with The Mandalorian, too. I don't love that. That's annoying. But, you know, Andrew Overby's face is, like, disgusted with well, us. I, I can't disagree with the it should have been a movie thing more. I don't think the TV show is that good, but I do not think this is a story worth telling. I don't mean it should have been a story worth telling. I just mean it should have been two hours long. Which would have been a movie. (laughs) Sure. I could even watch a trilogy with this character, but not with this subject matter. So, uh, Hannah, you're talking about how you still love Kenobi, and I agree with you. Uh, McGregor's, like, totally bringing it. He's completely locked in. He's so charming. Just watching him, you know, slice meat or whatever the fuck he was doing for the first 15 minutes. He's great. I I was totally with him. He is being jerked around by a plot that feels so asinine and unnecessary that I really can't entertain seeing it in any form. So it's come out, you know, one of the benefits of doing this a month late or whatever is it's come out that this was intended to be a movie. And I think the first of an Obi-Wan trilogy. Uh, 
which does sound better, except I imagine that movie, I imagine going to the movie theater to essentially see a story that for the first probably 20 minutes of the movie feigns as if it's going to be about Obi-Wan's isolation and, and issues he ran into sort of like hiding on Tatooine when, you know, they're trying to kill all the Jedi and, and all this stuff. Then hard turns into, no, of course this is about Luke and Leia, and then just ends up with, and I was not emotionally affected by this, I'm sorry to say, a rehash of the end of Revenge of the Sith that really hit me in an empty way. I didn't feel like that scene between him and Vader plussed things up or or advanced things from the end of Revenge of the Sith in any meaningful capacity. How do you feel about that assertion? Well, I think especially that end scene feels so silly because I feel like it's literally, it's because you know how there's this whole thing on the internet now where you, if a movie doesn't explain something, someone will make a video being like, well, actually this is what happened and they'll have some convoluted explanation that's not in the movie. Sure. I feel like people are so mad that Obi-Wan lied to Luke that they're like, well, in the episode, Darth Vader actually said that he did kill Anakin. So he didn't yeah, lie like to Luke. It's like a metaphor that didn't need to be like spun out. Yeah. Like we get it. Um, that works for me because I think the acting on both parts is good. I I would I would love less Vader and Obi Wan being near each other at all. I don't need them to interact until Especially, they yes. are on, in Episode Four. Like, yeah, I like that. that I that, agree. It it lessens that moment in Episode Four. Like I'm totally fine with Darth Vader being a big part of this. Sure. But he doesn't. They never need to meet. Yeah, I mean, and they made such a big hype about, like, Hayden is back. We love Hayden now. Hayden's really getting to do something. And I was like, he's not. I thought you were going to give me a fuck ton of flashbacks, which yeah. is what I wanted, or, like, ghosts or dreams or whatever. And they didn't. They just gave me poor Hayden has to hang out in that suit, which yeah. I guess he likes doing. Or but he, he says he the likes sad doing, thing is, like... because he's so much shorter... It's just whenever he's in any shot, he just looks awkward because he's not. I mean, Darth tall. Vader has never looked good since the original trilogy. <laughs> like, no, but I, at least when it's just some generic six-six guy, I don't care as much. Yeah, it's just such a shame. I mean, poor Hayden, who is good and I think really delivers in what he's asked to do, which is minor. But yeah, I mean that—that's. I I I don't mind the statement that the thing they share where obi-wan's like i'm sad that this is happening between us and anakin's like i'm not fuck you i did this to myself i chose this Mm -hmm. i don't mind that that's kind of that's a nice interesting little emotional whatever but i don't within the greater world of star wars i'm sure it doesn't really you don't need it (laughs) it's fine and that's all of these things. Like, we don't need any of this stuff. It's just kind of fun to play around in the sandbox. It doesn't feel to me like anything is missing between the lava fight and the encounter in episode four. It doesn't feel like <laughs> when I watch those things, I'm going, they obviously had some interaction between them. What, what, what was that like? I totally agree. I mean, I think the only thing that this series does that is of quote, value is not the word I'm looking for but between this dynamic is the moment when they're like, oh, Anakin's alive. Did you not know that? And everyone's like, oh, no, I didn't know that. And then he has to live with that for 10 years. Right. Like that, I like. (laughs) I just, I mean, the emotional beats, if we talk about them, I'm kind of into. But I agree that I don't think the show 
supports them or sets them up in a way that is satisfying. I agree with you on that. Also, he said in episode four, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I'm the master. And nothing has changed between Obi-Wan Kenobi show and episode four. (laughs) Like he's not the learner in this show. True. I think he's just, uh, not to go to bat for him, but I, I think he's just saying that he got way better training from Sidious. I see. I have a question. It's hard to believe. I mean, yeah, he's definitely yes. wrong. But... <laughs> also, like, he loses all of his fights all the time. Like, the fact <laughs> that he beats Obi-Wan when Obi-Wan is old as fuck is like, yeah, because he's old now. And not fighting Like, you fighting couldn't back. beat him when he was 50. You could barely beat him when he was... And he chose not to fight back. Exactly. <sighs> anyway. Did either of you watch any of the cartoons of this Star Wars, like Clone Wars and Rebels yes. and things? Because I was surprised how much of this show expected me to have an understanding of Inquisitors and things that are <laughs> on a TV show. Uh, I also was looking up because I know the Grand Inquisitor is a thing on that show. And I saw a lot of controversy about how he looked. And I didn't realize that he's supposed to be the same race as that creature on Utapau. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the same race as this Grand Inquisitor. Hmm. And I don't know why they couldn't just make him up that way. But that's a nitpick. But how did you guys feel about the degree to which, you know, you sort of had to really know not movie stuff to like know other TV shows and things? Well, Marco, I I almost feel like I wish the show had trusted me more because yes, I did not know what the Grand Inquisitor's deals were. Uh, obviously, they work for Vader. So for me, that's enough. It's like okay, there's a a new regime. This is sort of how they're trying to hunt down the Jedi. These are the people doing it. I can kind of infer a lot of that stuff. I almost wish that the show had dipped into more of the prequel things or more of the extended universe things. I wanted to see new elements. Uh, it, it was, I, I, Hannah, I feel like you expressed something similar, but it was just very annoying in maybe episode two to realize that they were going all in on, we're trying to make this as original trilogy tie in E as possible with Leia and whatnot. Um, I didn't feel like any of those new things to answer your question, Andrew. Like, I didn't feel like they confused me. I felt like those were moments where the writers were going, uh, you're smart. You get it. New evil yeah. guys. Yeah, I did have a couple of questions about like, okay, so the Inquisitors are all like force users, but I thought that the Empire said no, no to that. Nobody can use the force. So I, I don't need the show to explain it. That's just something I get to think about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I watched the original run of Clone Wars because I love Obi-Wan Kenobi and I wanted as much Obi-Wan Kenobi content as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. So I watched that children's TV show, which I found emotionally unsatisfying in many ways. Um, And then when they brought it back on Disney Plus, I like didn't fucking bother. I have not watched Rebels. I have not watched the other stuff because I'm just not that interested outside of, I mean, I'm the problem, I want to admit, that like, I'm not interested in the greater world of Star Wars. I'm interested in like, my guys (laughs) is the problem for me, is that like, I'm not interested in Rebels, which I hear is really good and has like extended all sorts of interesting stuff in it. I just don't give a shit because I don't know those people and I'm not interested in getting to know them. Mm -hmm. Um, because there isn't a movie attached, and I know that's not fair. 
but that's how I feel. Like, I'll watch the Diego Luna, Cassian Andor show because I met him in a movie and I liked him. But I'm not going to commit to like 17 hours to get to know some guys that are animated. I don't know. That's really unfair. I feel like I would prefer something like Rebels because it's about characters I don't know rather than a Cassian Andor or a Solo or this where I know where it's going eventually. Mm -hmm. And I was fine without having the in-between. Whereas if you just want to do, you know, a side story about Star Wars characters who I haven't met before, great. Like expand the universe. It's the same problem that they all have is that they can't. Logically, I totally agree with you. And then I I look at Rebels and I'm like, no. And I think it's because I don't like the animation style of any of those shows. And so I'm just like, no, no way. I'm not going to do it. But I mean, in my brain, I'm like, yes, new things are good. Yeah. But even with The Mandalorian, which I feel like had new things, they're also like, but just so you know, this is directly tied into the Skywalker saga and Boba Fett and all these things. Right. Everyone all that stuff feels is like, like the the bad version. Yes, the stuff that, in the Mandalorian the worst that isn't parts as good. Of the Mandalorian. I mean, the first season is almost completely divorced from yes. larger Star Wars, which is good. Yeah. And the second season has ups and downs of good and bad. And then the Book of Boba Fett is like, stop, stop this. Yeah. I have to jump Generally. in and just talk about the nature of prequels. I have a lot to say <laughs> about like what prequels are or should be. So whenever a prequel comes out, there are stupid discussions online really stupid like a lot of it happening with like better call Saul right now where people are going like why why is this compelling to me i know who's gonna live so how is that and it's a very dumb argument because it's like this is so in that case it's like this is such a richly told story that if your only idea of drama is who is going to live and die, you are a child walking upon this earth. However, I saw complaints about that in regard to Obi-Wan, and I was like, like happening at the same time as the Better Call Saul one, so I was like, fuck these people. Then I watched Obi-Wan, and I was like, wow, it really has very little going for it, aside from (laughs) the fates of these people. Like, it is so predicated on like rehashing what happened at the end of Revenge of the Sith and calling forward what's going to happen in original Star Wars. There's not a bunch of other stuff going on in this show that makes me go, I'm so interested to see how we get here, even though I know where we're going. Hannah. Yes, Hannah, you're raising your hand. Yes, I think for me, and this is, the show posits that by this point, Obi-Wan is essentially like, I'll never help anyone again. Mm-hmm. I am doing my own thing. I'm not interested in being involved in the universe. I am, I've made my mistakes and I won't help Ben Safty when he needs me, right? Which, episode one. huge L that I took in yeah, many Yeah, I know respects. that mostly I feel like you are like, I hate this show because it killed my guy immediately. <laughs> okay, so they're like, Ben Safdie's a part of the cast. And I'm like, yes, my baby boy, my sweet baby boy. And then also, uh, I'm, I'm just racking up. So I was mad that he died. I'm also just racking up like huge L's that I've recorded on the podcast because within a couple episodes, I was like, bet me any amount of money. Benny Safdie will have prosthetics on his face as some alien. Just wrong. No, he was just a cutie, a cutie boy. Also in our, the Batman episode, I was like the deleted scene with the Joker will never be released because that is two face just full out wrong. So (laughs) just having a great, a great run of predictions here on authorized. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a wasted opportunity. I I guess 
the thing about Safty that really disappointed me is okay, kill off mm-hmm. a character really early on to show that they're hunting Jedi. Make it Benny Safty if you're heartless. Like I'll I'll deal with it. But then <laughs> they're not replenishing that well and providing a rich world of new characters. It it feels like Did they killed it... off one of their only originals. What's her name? Irma. Oh. You mean the the uh, Imperial officer? Yeah, who's not really? Yeah, Interior of Yeah, yeah Indira Varma. Sorry, I love her as an actress. She's there. No, I mean, I think, for me, I don't like that the show circles around Leia. It would be better if he was like, here's a baby Jedi who I have to, you know, sequester off the planet, and then he and I have adventures, and he teaches me how to love again or whatever. Right, right. You know, like, I, I think that sort of like, we have one familiar guy, and the rest is new and different. I probably would have preferred I also miss, I would have liked a little more Benny Safdie. That was a fun little character. As much as I hate to say this, I would have liked a little more Tatooine in general. I wanted more Joel Edgerton. Everyone's Mm. mad about like, we're spending too much time on Tatooine these days. And I'm like, yeah, because it's like one of the only planets that has anything of interest on it that we've met. And you like, they love to go back. But like, I want more time with Uncle Owen. (laughs) Edgerton is doing such good work. Yeah, Yeah, like I did not go... I did not go into this. Well, they Great really, you know, hit it on the mark by casting Joel Edgerton in Attack of the Clones. That he went on to be a guy. Like they, they lucked yeah, out there. Yeah, uh, great. Um, I'm so glad he was like, I'll come back. Why not? I'm not busy. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised that we got more Joel Edgerton, uh, less Joel Edgerton than we did Jimmy Smiths. There was a lot of Jimmy Smiths on this show. Honestly, shocked that Jimmy Smiths was like, of course. But he I'll did, do four he did Rogue One, you know, like. I, I guess maybe he loves Bail Organa as he should, because Bail Organa like is all the best. of these people, which is never the thing anymore, had like a pretty good experience doing the prequels. They all have their George Lucas stories. They were all in this weird experience, but I feel like you know if you asked Samuel Jackson to come back, he would. Like, I mean, Liam you... Neeson did for yeah. fun, apparently. Yeah, that was surprising. Just sort of paying off what I think is one of the worst moments of Revenge of the Sith, where uh, I get that Force Ghosts come back, but that moment in Revenge of the Sith where they're just like, yeah, hey, Qui-Gon could come hang out with you. And he's like, oh, really? Chill. Like, that whole interaction is played way too casually. I find it very odd. It makes it feel as if, like, when they're talking about it in Sith, it makes it feel as if you can just call up a ghost. Yeah, I agree that moment in Revenge of the Sith is a little bit like, oh, by the way, don't forget... Um, we forgot to write it in earlier, but I will say Clone Wars has a series of moments, or at least one or two, where Qui-Gon appears to Obi-Wan and, like, helps helps guide him. Mm-hmm. So there's precedent for it before this moment in Kenobi. But uh, if, if you really thought this was the first time they've seen each other since Qui-Gon died, you'd be like, that's crazy yeah. <laughs> that you would behave this way. He reacts in the show like it's the first time. He says as much. He's like... I didn't show you myself until you were ready. They gotta watch their own fucking TV shows. (laughs) Because, like, I have a very clear memory of watching Clone Wars, and there's a scene where, like, the Force Ghost shows up, and it was, like, not as emotionally rich as I needed it to be. Um, And I was disappointed. And the same thing a little bit happened here. That's like your dad. It's your dad who died. And they don't even mention Yoda on this show. Which is weird because he's alive. He's hanging out. He's probably procreating and making baby Yoda somewhere. Yoda gets to like hang out in a swamp and do nothing and like eat bugs. And Obi-Wan has to like get a job. That's not fair. (laughs) Yeah, Why does Yoda not have to watch over anyone? Maybe they'll be in season two. We'll see what Yoda goes on some adventures. I would not like that. (laughs) Has to help Chewbacca. 
I have another thing to rant about, but before I do, <laughs> before I do that, because I'm being so negative, the, to me, the version of this show that I was hoping we would get is like Obi-Wan is living on Tatooine and something other than Luke and Leia concerns him. So he gets like involved in like, you know, a local issue or something, or, you know, it mm-hmm. ends up protecting like a village or you know there's a million directions you could go with it i recommend to you a book great it exists yeah it's called kenobi it's okay so i just thought okay the show's called obi-wan kenobi we're gonna get a story about the man and sort of like what the man is like when you take him away from the main plot of the story which he will inevitably return to which is why it was such a disappointment to have it be it's just this other beat of the story that it's never been suggested occurred. I don't think that T that Disney is interested in doing character based work. Well, after this, I agree with you that like, I mean, yeah, I want a character TV show with almost no action in it. That's just about like an emotional journey or whatever. Disney doesn't believe in that. They don't have human moments in anything they make anymore. Hannah, I want action too, but I'm okay with action. I just think action doesn't have to be Obi-Wan Kenobi rematch Darth Vader. I think it can be like, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, he gets in a tussle with pirates who stop on Tatooine. It's fucking Star Wars. You can do a million things. Have him cut heads off. Just don't have him cut <laughs> heads off next to Darth Vader. Yeah. I mean, this is why, like, when I go to rewatch The Mandalorian, for me, that first episode with Timothy Oliphant is, like, a perfect distillation of what I want from this type of Star Wars, which is, like, a guy rolls into town, and the town is like, we have a problem. And he's like, I'll help you solve the problem in exchange for X. And then they solve the problem together, and it's fun. And then the guy leaves to have a different adventure. Right. And if Obi-Wan did that for six episodes straight on Tatooine, I would like to watch it. And you could pepper in stuff from the main plot you can have in that's this thing we're pitching you can have an episode where he learns that anakin is alive without it being the thrust of the plot and then it's like this moment we see him learn it he's he's doing something completely different when he learns it it's like wow you know he he, he keeps trying to get away but it comes back it's, it's something to carry in my soul forever instead yeah, I, it's like yeah. the a plot is darth vader and then he gets darth vader info and it's like it's just too it's too much. What I think is interesting about this is that, Andrew, I think you and I agree. Like, the points we didn't like, we both don't like. The stuff that's okay, we both thought was okay. You're just mad about it, and I'm not mad about <laughs> it. <laughs> I like the, the idea of of, uh, of disseminating, not disseminating, the, the idea of diffusing an argument by being like, <laughs> I think we both agree. I've got things that I'm mad about. You've got things you're mad about. <laughs> Common ground. <laughs> It's interesting that you talk about like this show being no character moments, all action, and yet all of the action kind of sucked. I mean, the complaints that it is poorly shot and directed, it's too dark, it's muddy, all that's true. Yeah, and I, but I think it, like you think about the original, mostly Star Wars, but the original trilogy, like they are very limited in what they like had for locations, but they, I still feel like they did a lot. You know, all those little Death Star shenanigans in the original Star Wars are very 
claustrophobic and limited by the sets they have. They have like three sets, but it works because they are able to do so much in a moment like the trash compactor. Whereas like, I feel like everything here is either just killing time or it's just like a bad sequence. Like the scene where Flea is chasing Leia in the woods was embarrassing. That's pretty poor. That's very poor. I mean, speaking of the stuff in the Death Star and the original Star Wars, that's so good. It's mostly running down hallways, right? They are mostly running down hallways, ducking into doorways, peeking out of doorways, running down hallways. And Obi-Wan has a similar sequence where they're at the underwater base and they're running down hallways. And then the show is like, okay, but we have to have something bigger. So what if the hallway breaks? Like, I don't need it. Just run down a hallway. Right. You don't have to do something bigger for me. Um, and I think that impulse and need to do something bigger and showier, like, just doesn't help the show or the characters I want to watch. And I didn't Follow need... some garbage. Come no, on. I... And it's all these things, like, everyone has to have an action sequence. Like, did I need to see Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru defend their homeland straw dog style? No. <laughs> no. I did not need that. What I did need is a lot more Zach Braff being, like, a weird conservative alt-right truck like driver. man. <laughs> I didn't even clock that was breath. I I read it online. I was like, oh, interesting. I knew it from his voice right away. I have a major gripe with this show, and it is I really hate Leia. In this show or as in a, this like show in general. Here's my thing. You hate women? No, it's because not because I hate women. Li- with it's not because I hate women. Good catch. Let's so make sure we children. get that on record. Here's here's what I don't like. And look, <laughs> I am not a parent yet. I don't have any children. I, I like tutor children, so I have some interaction with children. I find it very upsetting as a viewer when movies and TV shows have children act like super geniuses. I want to see children be children. Like, I get it that she's like precocious and, and she's really smart for her age. And she's like brimming with ideas. And, and I like that, but... The idea that she's literally, like, solving technical issues and things like that, I, there's something I find I find viscerally upsetting about any time movies utilize that trope, where I'm like, just, sh- if you want to show a kid is amazing, show what's actually amazing about children, like, the ways in which they can be creative or see something that we don't see don't have them be like i'll fix your ford f-150 i i hate to harp back on this but there is that similar sequence in the mandalorian where he's like you're little go into the ship and fix it and the baby yoda's like i don't know what i'm fucking doing and he's trying to talk it to the baby and the baby's like i don't know i can't do it and you kind of want a sequence where like leia's like i can fit i just don't know what to do instead of being like not only can i fit i absolutely know what to do I mean, she's a princess and she's a little lady um, who knows a lot. I mean, like the fact that she's like smart, well-educated and tinkers with her own toys is not out of But then Luke is I just think. like a literal child with no personality. Well, we don't spend any time you with him. You know what, him. Marco, I appreciate that so much more though because it seems like an actual kid. And also let's be real about Luke Skywalker. He's a dumb, dumb himbo like farm boy. Yeah. He's not a... Yeah. Though they could not have cast anything. someone who looked less like Mark Hamill. I yeah, kind of broke. disagree. It's, fine. it's a baby. I think Marco, I think his face looks a little different, but like the way people grow up is so weird that you can kind of imagine his face stretching in the way where he becomes Mark Hamill. Uh, the, the thing about Leia is like, 
first of all, how'd I do making it sound like I didn't hate women? I just hate children. <laughs> um, no, I think it sounds like you like children, but you don't like child savants. I don't like child savants, and, and, and it just, like, I... Another version of this in the same show is when this child is kidnapped, I don't want to see her being, like, spunky and fighting back and being like, they're going to come rescue me. I'm, you know, I'm blah, blah. I want to see a child cry. I'm sorry. But, like, it's so (laughs) unrealistic that she's, like, this, like, strong, you know, blah, 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 everything. When she's, like, what, nine years old? Like, why can't we let children be children? I would be saying the same thing if this was Luke, by the way. I want that on the record. But I think it's important to note that, like, Luke absolutely would flip the fuck out as a nine-year-old child if he got kidnapped. Like, Luke is that type of character. Right. Leia is the type of character. She's very controlled. When she gets kidnapped in A New Hope, she's like, no problem. Been here before. Right. Know how to handle this. Not scared of you. And that's who she is. And that's how she's raised. Like, they're different that way. Um, I'm not so bothered that they're playing so hard into like, well, that's how she is in A New Hope, is that she's like over it, a princess. Mm -hmm. And I think they do a pretty good job of establishing that like, she is a princess. She understands diplomacy. She understands that like, they can't really do anything to her because literally she's a princess. Right. Because she's been taught all these things. She has, you know, she's a, I just watched Girls 5 Eva and she is literally a New York lonely boy. (laughs) She is a, an only child who is raised around adults, behaves like adults, likes to spend time with adults, does not like to spend time with other children, has adult interests for that reason. Like, she's that type of child. Like, it didn't bother to me too much that she was like, I'm not worried about this situation. Because kids also, like, don't have a, a firm grasp of consequences in the same way that adults do. Too. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've never been kidnapped, so I don't know. I'd how be that despairing. Feels. I mean, I'd be inconsolable. I, I just can't. These strong-headed children, I just don't believe them. I think you should meet more like children of politicians who are all literally fucking. Weird. I'm always writing politicians asking them if I can meet their children. <laughs> it's not working. I, personal about me. My dad worked in politics all the time I was growing up, and I spent a lot of time around politicians and their families. And, like, literally politicians' kids are just, like, these weird little robot people who are, like, taught to, like, never speak an opinion. Mm. (laughs) So, like, there is something... I I had no... I didn't... I was not bothered by Leah's characterization. Her function within the story is a little overwrought, for sure. Um, her level of precociousness occasionally graded, but like I also appreciate that like she meets Obi Wan and she's like, "You look like shit, and I don't want this. <laughs> yes, I'm not yes. interested in you. You are not a policeman coming to rescue me. You are like a homeless man making me nervous." And yet, I feel like they then still need to do two more seasons of their relationship for me to feel any of the reverence she has for him in her hologram in A New Hope. It does feel a little bit more like I mean. <laughs> And this is the problem of trying to fill in these spaces. It's like, I can buy if her dad spent 20 years being like, oh, Obi-Wan, what a great guy. Oh, you would have loved him if you had met him. He's amazing. He's the best guy. He's hiding. You can never meet him. He's, <laughs> he's amazing. Yeah. And then in episode four, she's like, now's the time to meet the guy. Um, but knowing that she has met him, <laughs> it's a little bit like, that guy? Okay. He does save her a bunch. Like, he's good. Yeah, but I need to like have season two be like three years later they meet again three years after they meet again so they at least have a, like it either needs to be no relationship or a better relationship than what we got i think i agree with that i mean season two will probably be an adventure with luke 
on Tatooine. I hope there's at least one episode where we learn how Obi-Wan learned to scream like a crate dragon. That'd be fun. I don't know if I'm coming back to this show. (laughs) Oh, I don't know if I'm coming back to Star Wars. I did this for this podcast. I don't care about any of this anymore. (laughs) I'm so over Star Wars. I'll watch Ewan do Obi-Wan forever if he wants to. And I'll continue to watch The Mandalorian because I... They keep showing me more and more of Pedro Pascal's face, and that's what I came here for. <laughs> a face we so... see all the time in other movies. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I like the face on The Mandalorian, and I want to see the face. In season one, you saw it once. In season two, you see it two or three times, and I want to keep it going, baby. You know, you could just look at his Instagram. It's di- It's a different energy, and I don't know if I can explain to you that like it's hotter with the armor like it's a great face and i really care about him as a human man but like he looks really hot in the armor with no helmet and i want to see it a lot hannah you're gonna be the person in 50 years when pedro's too old to be playing the mandalorian and they reboot it that you're gonna be all for the cg pedro you're gonna be like give me more of it no i respect retirement and as we know maybe they'll be good at cg people by then because they're not good at it now but um and I think his acting is good as the Mandalorian, and I want to see it on his face. Hearing it in his voice is good, but I want to see it, too. I want to see him put the baby against his face. In the first season, the Hannah, time. when they show his face at the end, I do mm-hmm. like that it's like the full face reveal and he looks like a squash potato. He's like all sweaty <laughs> yeah. and, and bloody and stuff. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Um, it's really all right. Good. <laughs> feels like i mean that was my last rant anybody uh, anybody else got one no how do we feel about the inquisitor lady who is like zoinks i'm not actually evil just sort of a plot i'm a little tired of i don't want to hold it against this show specifically or her uh or that actress who i think is great um it just whenever you examine a plot like that that's like i was crazy evil and did a bunch of evil stuff to turn on the guy it's like, man, if we really parse this, you didn't do a good job of like, you know, like it, it just doesn't make sense. It's like, didn't you have opportunities to to strike against Vader? You see him all the time. And then also, doesn't this mean that you've done way more murder than you witnessed in order yeah. to, I don't know. Also, getting stabbed with a lightsaber doesn't kill anyone anymore, apparently. So that's Yeah, that's different. crazy. People should be dying from that way more often. Yeah, watching that plotline, I was like, haven't I just seen this? Like, hasn't a different TV show just pulled this card of, like, secretly I'm not evil? Which, if I'm thinking that, then it must have happened, like, seven or eight times. Yeah, I I definitely saw one at least recently. I'm having a little trouble pulling it. But it's it, it, it was recent enough that I had this, like, this sort of bone to pick preloaded. Where I was like, you can't, yeah. you can't fake being evil for this long without having done atrocities yeah well i feel like it has to be something it has to be something like better call saul where you have people like working with the bad guys and it's actually weighing on them yeah everything should be like better call saul god what a what a final season all right our uh no i want to figure it out hold on well i have to go hannah okay well you can go this is overby cutting in from the editing room I did later figure out what movies Hannah and I were trying to recall. Spoilers for RRR and The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, but both movies are 
relying heavily on the drama of these two people really don't like each other, and then ultimately they go, never mind, everything's chill, don't worry about it. Okay, back to the episode. Andrew, ask me a question. Andrew Marco, you are a very, very charming Jedi just hanging out on Tatooine, minding your own business. You are horrifically killed by uh, someone who is later going to say that they're not evil at all. Uh, As you die, you uh, have a fever dream where you remember every TV show you've ever watched. In this fever dream, would you choose to rewatch Obi-Wan Kenobi Season 1 from Disney Plus 2022? No, go watch Better Call Saul. Yeah, the final season's really good. Hannah Blackman, you witnessed all of your peers slaughtered by Anakin Skywalker. Devastating. You have decided to uh, just uh, do a bunch of killing yourself, thinking that uh, once you kill him in the end, it'll even out. Did you know that when you kill Mm. someone who's killed people, all the people they killed come back alive? Well, sometimes revenge can be satisfying, and that's really what I think I'm going for. Definitely. More than moral superiority. Definitely. And I'm all about moral superiority, and I'm really good at deciding I have it. Uh, Yeah. So uh, this plan to betray Darth Vader, it really involves Mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, having his ear and and earning his trust. But he's a busy guy, and he keeps you waiting all the time. You uh, are in his waiting room, and he has, because it exists in this universe but not our own, a novelization of Obi-Wan Kenobi Season 1. Would you pick it up having watched the show? I would read a novelization of this. I would be interested to see what sort of further insights it might be able to give us. And I think if it was as well written as A Revenge of the Sith, or even this Kenobi book that I have sort of lobbed at you, which I thought was fine, um, I'd be like, yeah, it'd be kind of a fun way to spend a few hours with my good buddy Ben Kenobi, who I'm going to help later after trying to kill him a few times. And then be like you didn't help anybody, you piece of shit, and make him feel even worse about himself. Like he doesn't think about it every single day of his <laughs> life. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't hurt my feelings. It's fine. It's okay. Love when we when something just passes the didn't hurt Hannah's feelings binary. It's like... Because it, very easily this could have been something where I'd be like, I hate this. I'm furious. This is bad. He kissed a lady. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You know, they talk about his fucking girlfriend from the Clone Wars, who I don't have any interest in. Boo, get out. Right. Could have hurt my feelings. It didn't hurt my feelings. Yeah, but you have to admit that whenever you say that, you are kind of damning with faint praise. Yeah, I, yeah, it's it's a C plus at best. The I'm, last I time you said this was Good Burger, which uh, it listeners did in the end hurt my feelings. Listeners, if you haven't listened to our Good Burger <laughs> and Good Burger to Go episodes, check them out. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Andrew Overby. Hi. You are an international, interplanetary politician slash super cool dude. You're hanging out on your home planet where your wife is the queen of the planet. She's dope. You're just chilling with her. You love her. You have adopted a daughter who's also pretty cool. You love her like your own. You have no other children. It's a dream come true. Yeah? Yeah. We good? Sounds great. Yeah. One day, your beautiful tiny daughter, who you love so much, Uh is kidnapped by an international space criminal slash drummer. 
You are terrified. He's a bass player. Whatever. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Sorry. The drummer's Thank the guy you. that looks like Will Ferrell. Okay, well, in space, he's a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you call up your old buddy and say, please go rescue my daughter. I can't do it because I have an international reputation. You're a space hermit. Please go save my daughter. And he's like, ugh, fine. While you're waiting for your old buddy to show up with your little daughter, you gonna read slash watch Obi-Wan Kenobi? This one, obviously, I did not like basically at all it was exactly what i didn't want from an obi-wan story uh just a couple things i haven't touched on it doesn't feel different than the era of the mandalorian and i don't know exactly what i mean by that but like the disney plusification of star wars seems to really not have a tactile sense of era or like time period and so true that it just feels like i, I mean especially the um Inquisitor Lady, to me, for some reason, that I can't quite parse out, a character I liked, I she just felt like she was from The Mandalorian. I was like, this doesn't feel like a New Hope-era character. It just doesn't... I, I don't know. It, it, the, we weren't doing that sort of, like, nuanced emotional villain in the, in the New Hope times. And, and I think it's good. Yeah. I like the character. It just feels like she just fought the Mandalorian, and now she's dropping into Obi-Wan. All right, what do you have to say about the Inquisitor lady? Uh, well, it's more about the timeline issue, which I agree. Like, they all just look the same. Maybe it's because Tatooine always looks like a shithole, and we aren't visiting other planets that are like, oh, Coruscant, it used to be beautiful, now it's worn down. Right. Or whatever. Um, I totally agree with that. I also think, personally, the, the original trilogy, everyone who works for the Empire is a white British person. Right. And there's very few women. And that feels very purposeful. Like, the movies are not hugely diverse to begin with, mm -hmm. but it really feels like, okay, the Empire is not only, like, you know, uh, imperialist. They're straight-up racist. There's no aliens who work for the Empire. There's no people of color who work for the Empire. It's exclusively white people. Totally. Um, and so I think partially the reason... And then you get to the sequel trilogy where, like, the whatever that new empire is, whatever they're called, the First Order, has more diversity in it. And you're like, well, that feels like a natural growth of fascism. Sure. Sure. You open the ranks. Okay. So it does feel like, to me, this one being set in the First Empire, like, she's a black woman, and it feels like she would never make it to a position of power within the original empire due to their inherent racism. Yes. I agree with right? you. Okay, I, is that fair? No, I think that's totally fair. And I think I would take it in the other direction, though. I would go into the past and say that one of the things Lucas did that I think makes a lot of sense when making the prequel trilogy, because, I mean, I think you and I both firmly fall on the side of Star Wars has always been political. Yes, of course. Of course. I mean, the people of have course. the opposite opinion, but it's... it's They're fools. It's mind-numbing that people have the opposite opinion. I mean, the fact that George Lucas has explicitly said, like, yes, it is a Vietnam yes. metaphor. Like, Vietnam, of course. Nazis. Whatever you think it is, I did intend it that. Is. Uh, it's on purpose. But I think if you go back to the prequel trilogy, it, in a darker way, makes a lot of sense, too, that essentially the uh, decimation of the Jedi and of that power structure also involved essentially a bit of a, a, a an eradication of diversity. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
and it's like a, a verging on an, a racial cleansing. A, a, I'm I verging. I mean, I, not verging. Like, no, one. it's 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 engaging. It's there. <laughs> it's engaging in one. And I think the only argument that you could really make. I'm I'm not saying like if you're making. Uh, Star Wars property that takes place before A New Hope that all of the villains need to be white. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that, like, if there is diversity, there should be some sort of uh, thrust behind it. And, like, look, living through fraught times, as we currently are, you could easily make the case that, like, there's some diversity in the Empire because the Empire is very obsessed with, like, signifiers of diversity or signifiers mm-hmm. of we are not your enemy, look, we look just like you, and, and all this stuff. Obi-Wan Kenobi doesn't engage in any of it. No, it does not, and I feel like it kind of needs to. It also, like, there are there are villains in the Star Wars universe who are not the Empire, which the TV shows kind of tend to, like, forget about here and there, that, like... There's Jabba the Hutts out there doing... There's crime syndicates that are not based in the Empire at all that you can work diversity into in a way that, like, works in the world we're discussing and the sort of, like, regime we're discussing. And, yeah, it really... I mean, I'm not a person who's going to be like, oh, diversity, she shouldn't be in it. Like, she's great. I really like Mm -hmm. that character, and they really... She does a great job with it. And especially as a character who was like, I was a Jedi. I was in this more diverse circle. And now I've been brought into this like white bastion of like evil. Right. It just could be more interesting. They it could, could have well, done a lot more They could more just with have that. an angle. Or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that would be better. Would you, one, one more thing. Just a random Star Wars thought because I don't think we're going to be covering anything Star Wars related for a while. Yeah. <laughs> sequel trilogy. Something I never hear anybody say about it. Obviously, like, you're doing the sequel trilogy, you're going, people didn't like the prequels for XYZ reason, we want to bring back all these different elements from the first three movies, we're going to shoot them on film, you're, like, trying to trying to get the fans back. How mm-hmm. did Abrams and Johnson not recognize that something to keep from the prequel trilogy was wildly acrobatic lightsaber <laughs> duels? Why are those gone? Everybody thinks the Duel of the Fate scene from Phantom Menace fucking rules and why is it that we get hundreds of hours of star wars now and nobody ever does a fucking flip and i think i mean it partially i think it must be i think abrams was like well there's very there's almost no lightsabering in my movie and the people who are lightsaber in the first one force awakens yeah very little lightsabering and the people who are lightsabering are like kylo ren who just like is a bludgeon right and ray who doesn't know what she's doing and finn doesn't know what he's doing with a lightsaber so like all of that works for me that's fine then there's that big fight in Last Jedi, which should be like flippy yes, flippy. We're using the yes. force. And they're really and I, I have to imagine, not to undercut Ryan Johnson, a good, like, practical filmmaker, right? But like I'm sure he was like, Well, let's make it feel like real. Let's really do good choreography and do it with real people and make it like a real fight with weight. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like Duel of the Fates works because it's both. Like it feels real, it feels like real people doing it, but also they have the fucking force. Yeah. And everyone does flips. <laughs> it's so it's so good. Uh, yeah, I especially yeah. <laughs> the end of the the ninth movie though that everybody hates. I was just like, why? <laughs> if this is the end of the trilogy, didn't Ray learn to spin? Like, what's going on? Yeah, come on. <laughs> I agree. How fun would it be if in like season two of Obi Wan Kenobi he does a little force flip and then he's like, oh fuck, my knees. It just can't land like that anymore. It just seems like the would take it. the the clearest possible thing to do with a sequel trilogy is like take everything that worked from the originals and then just still have them do some sick shit. 
especially because like CG people from a distance have gotten better. Yeah. Like we're not good at faces yet, but you can like, Marvel's really mastered the art of like CG people in fights. Yeah. I mean, I don't love it. I, I do think they have a level of weightlessness to them that's annoying. Oh, that's my third prediction that was Star wrong Wars... that I said on the podcast. I'm so happy we're bringing oh, this yeah? up. Is that I said that <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder would be advertised as a rom-com. No, it's been advertised as a dumbass comedy. Yeah. Which also I haven't seen it. I think I won't at this point. I think finally, maybe, Marvel cannot get me back. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty out. I think it happened. I'm really glad. I feel free. <sighs> I interrupted you, though. Uh, I don't know. About what? Cool. I don't remember. To our listeners, <laughs> please uh, rate our podcast. I always fuck up the word podcast, even though I've been saying it it's for, okay. I think this is this. It's a weird word that got made up like 20 years ago. So to our listeners, please review our podcast. The reviews mean so much. I, I, I read every single one. We're a small time little podcast. It, Andrew doesn't send me the good ones, but I would love. Oh, I'll send you there. the good I ones. Like to know. I mean, listeners, you can change this. Please <laughs> don't. But there's only good ones because there's only like oh, three good. reviews. Uh, <laughs> That's nice to hear. So please review our podcast. Please uh, rate it. Please subscribe. Please tell your friends. As I like to say, word of mouth is the real way this stuff catches on. Much as we love people posting about us, which I, I, I would always appreciate. Uh, and as usual, I'm going to end the episode by reading a passage from a classic piece of literature. And please do tweet at me if you recognize what this passage is from. I have a question before you read it. Uh A, does anyone tweet at you? Two, have you made it clear that you don't have a Twitter and they have to tweet at the podcast? No, that's a great clarification. Uh, So no no to both. No, no one tweets at me. And also, I've never made it clear that I do not have a Twitter and you have to tweet at Authorized Novelizations Podcast. (laughs) I was thinking about that recently, and I was like, maybe that's why we never hear from anyone. Also, my my, uh, my girlfriend made a good point. Should we change it to authorized colon a novelizations podcast? A discussion well, to maybe. have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we should have Marco back for that discussion. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. Here's, <laughs> here's the passage. Let me know if you can recognize it. <clears throat> hey, Othello, what are you reading? Oh, well, it's the novelization for season one of Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Disney Plus TV series from 2022. Uh, I don't know, Othello, that can't be true, because unlike the Mandalorian seasons, that one didn't get a novelization. Oh, you're right. I must be mistaken. Okay, so anyway, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, this Thursday, with Patrick Bellix. Have a great night. (laughs) 